You don't need a high-end designer or a lot of money to get a luxe look. Be your own interior designer with big design, small budget. Here's your host, Betsy Helmuth. A matchbox of our own, a fence of real chain link, a grill out on the patio, disposal in the sink. Do you remember that song? That is, well, that was me, but it's actually Audrey from Little Shop of Horrors singing Somewhere That's Green. And I remember when I was renting in New York and thinking about what I ultimately might own. First of all, I never thought I'd have a chain link fence or even a garbage disposal. I figured I'd be in an apartment for the rest of my life. I was cool with that. I was excited about that. But then I met a man who really did dream the suburban dream. And so we moved to suburbia, just like Audrey. And speaking of Audrey, today is devoted to Audrey, one of my fans. She wrote in with lots and lots and lots of audio questions, and I want to answer them all. So today I'm going to get to quite a few in Audrey's episode, Somewhere That's Green. I'm Betsy Helmuth. This is Big Design, Small Budget, and I promise not to sing any more in this episode. (laughs) Let's get to answering some questions. Hi, Betsy. Uh, I have an obsession with my new house, uh, which is rugs. And I learned about pile heights from you. So uh, I keep buying rugs that have very high pile heights. And I really love them because they're nice and soft. But I did buy a couple by mistake before I listened to your other podcast that are really low pile heights. And they're not as soft and nice. And I'm wondering what I can do because I already spent the money and I already have them in the house. What can I do to make rugs that are kind of almost outdoor rugs feel warm and cozy uh, in some of the bedrooms that I put them in? Thanks. Don't worry, Audrey. We're going to fix your rug dilemma. Now, as you remember from my rug episode, a low pile rug is anything that's 0.25 and under in terms of inches of height. If you don't know what height your rug pile is, just go to the website where you bought it and under the description it will tell you its height. If your rug is 0.25 inches or lower, then an ideal thing to do would be to layer another rug on top of it. So you could put a smaller rug, of course, you wouldn't layer a bigger rug because you want to see that lower rug underneath so it looks like you did so intentionally. For instance, let's just say that you put this big, low pile, 8x10 rug under your bed. Then you might layer a fuzzy, shaggy 6x9 rug on top of it, centered in the middle. That way, around your bed, you'd have a plush rug that's just right there for you to access. But then you would also have that larger rug as a nice, clean, low border. So that could be a really great look. The other thing I love about putting it under a bed is that the bed is heavy and it will prevent the rugs from shifting on top of each other because that is the one concern. If you just lay down that big low pile rug in the middle of the floor with nothing on top of it and then put the smaller rug on top of that, there is a chance that that smaller rug will move around. So I like the idea of something anchoring it or keeping it in place, like a bed or like a sofa. That way the layered rug stays right on top, right where you want it to be. 
Now, if you don't feel like layering rugs, because you have to do so with confidence. For instance, if one rug is very patterned, I'd make sure that the other rug is plain. If one rug is very colorful, I'd make sure that the other rug is a neutral. And there's a little bit of a fine art to mixing and matching that. If that feels outside your comfort zone, the other thing that you could do is you could just use a nice thick felt rug pad under your low pile rug. I always, and by always I mean always, believe that you should use a rug pad under your rugs. The only situation in which I do not think you need a rug pad is in an outdoor rug situation. But any rug that's indoors, I really feel like you need a rug pad, not only to keep it from slipping around, but also to add a little bit of plushness and softness. And my personal preference in terms of rug pads are the felt ones. I don't really love those rubbery mesh ones only because they don't add a lot in terms of plushness and they also oftentimes will leave a residue on your hardwood floors when you peel up or move your rugs and I do not like that. It's gummy and sticky and very hard to get off. So the felt rug pads even though they're a bit more expensive are my first choice and I get all my felt rug pads as well as a lot of other things including most of my rugs from overstock.com. I'll share a link on the bigdesignsmallbudget.com show notes page. Audrey's next question is how to love her leather. Hi, Betsy. I have a question about my leather couch that I bought. I have this beautiful leather couch, and first I also need to know how to treat it. But I love my couch, but I, I don't know how to design around it. I have a lot of gray and charcoal things and just doesn't seem to be working. So would love your advice on how to love the leather that I bought. Uh, it's a, a brown leather couch too. Thanks so much. Well, Audrey, I'm glad that your sofa is really nice and that you really love it. And we're going to make it work even though you know I strongly prefer a fabric sofa for several reasons. See my previous Sofa Secrets episode. Okay, so first things first, you mentioned how to treat your leather sofa. That you're going to want to call the company from which you bought it and ask specifically. Some companies sell specific products that you should treat your sofa with, and I highly recommend using those even if they're a little bit more expensive. And some companies tell you not to treat leather at all. For instance, I have a couple Coach leather purses, and they tell you not to treat it at all. So... You may want to do some investigating before you just blanket treat it to make sure that you're doing the right thing for your sofa. Next, how do you warm up this otherwise sort of cold dominating beast? Well, you're going to want to use throw pillows. And I would use throw pillows that are a little bit heavier. In other words, get a feather down insert versus a poly insert. The reason is because as I mentioned in my previous episodes, leather is like a slip and slide for your throw pillows. They just slide all around and are hard to keep in one place. So giving them a little extra bulk or heft will help keep them where you plop them when you're styling your sofa. The other thing that you want to do to help soften this leather sofa is to add a nice throw blanket. And
And with the pillows and the blankets, you should add a splash of color. You've mentioned that you're using a lot of gray, a lot of brown. It's time to depart from that and start using some color so that it adds some life and coziness to this otherwise kind of cold, big piece of furniture. So make sure you're using a color, but also since the leather is a little bit of a slippery element, I like a throw blanket that maybe you tuck in a little bit. So if you've looked at some pictures online, and I will have a picture on my bigdesignsmallbudget.com show notes page, but you can tuck the throw blanket into the cushion so that way it stays right where you've put it and then throw the rest of it over the back of the sofa and it will stay exactly where you've placed it and really help break up all that chocolate brown. So hopefully that's got you on the right path towards making your living room more lovely and that sofa a little bit more inviting. Now let's get to your next question about enlivening your living room with accents. Hi Betsy, I just moved into a big house from a very small apartment and I'm completely overwhelmed. I have the basics, but then I look around the house and it looks like there's nothing here. I think I'm missing the accessories, the end tables and paintings and all the little things that make a house a home. And I don't know where to start. I, I, I would love some advice on how to make the accessories work without spending a lot of money. Thanks. Audrey, don't worry about it. Don't worry about the vases. Don't worry about the picture frames. Don't worry about tchotchkes or knickknacks. If you want to get the most bang for your accessorizing buck, first things first, start with throw pillows. You can get great bargains on beautiful throw pillows. My first choice when I'm shopping for throw pillows is going to Etsy.com. There are vendors there that work with high-end designer fabrics and sell their throw pillows at a fraction of the high-end cost. And a lot of times they'll sell them two for the price of one. And I love to use throw pillows as a visual element, little works of art for your upholstered furniture in terms of throwing three to five on a sofa and at least one on every side chair. Now, the other way that you can get a big bang for your accessorizing buck is to go for artwork. Because empty walls are just tragic. And if you haven't treated your walls, nobody cares what's on your bookcase. So really look into adding some art to your walls. And my favorite new find, I actually found it on Facebook. It's called Fancy.com. And I mentioned it in a previous podcast, but I'm really obsessed. And today I'm going to buy another piece of art on Fancy.com. Because it really doesn't feel like a mass-produced piece. There's a lot of pieces that are very subject-specific and very unique. So people are still going to be asking me, where did you get that, even though it's sold by the thousands? So I'm really excited about what I'm finding there, and I cannot wait to buy my piece. For $39 this week, I'm going to pop it in my pre-existing Pottery Barn frame, and uh, it's a scene of a fire escape in the West Village that really reminds me of a place that I used to live and really works well with the colors in my rug. I'm going to snap it up. The other way that you can make a big visual impact and warm up a room without spending a lot of money is by adding lamps. Lamps are like sculptures for your room. I love a colorful table lamp. I love a nice big floor lamp. And not only are they visual art in terms of sculptures, they provide a lot of practicality in terms of illuminating your space. 
even if you have overheads, I always, always, always incorporate lamps because they create cozy pools of light on a human level that really warm up your space and define your zones. For instance, I put a floor lamp next to a reading chair to define that reading spot. Flanking either side of a sofa or a sectional, I put a lamp so that way it illuminates the seating area. Of course, on a desk, I would put a table lamp. Or if you're wanting to get the most out of your workspace, you can use a floor lamp instead. But I'm always adding lamps for a pop of warmth in terms of the light they give off. But I'm also looking for interesting bases that will serve as visual art. I really love going to Crate and Barrel. I love ShadesOfLight.com. I love LampsPlus.com. And Overstock sells really interesting lamps, oftentimes in pairs of two. So if I'm looking for a symmetrical effect on either side of my bed or either side of my sofa, that's where I start my search for two lamps for the price of one. Audrey. I know your place isn't on Skid Row. I'm sure it's in a place that's amazing and gorgeous and hopefully the tips today have helped make it even more stunning. So from one little shop of horrors fan to another, I hope your space is a little bit less horrific and a little bit more utopic now that you've heard this episode. A huge thanks goes out to our producer, Katherine Heller, our house band, Aton and the Embassy, and today I'm going to thank Alan Minkin and Howard Ashman for giving us Little Shop of Horrors. Katherine, would you play us out with Somewhere That's Green? I promise not to sing, so let's let the Broadway stars take this one this time. Thanks so much. Until next time, this is Big Design, Small Budget. A matchbox of horror, a fence, a thrill chain link, a grill out on the patio, disposal in the sea, worship in the dryer, and an ironing machine, and a tract house that we share. Somewhere that's green He rakes and trims the grass He rubs to mow and weave I cook like Betty Crocker And I look like Donna Reed There's plastic on our furniture To keep it neat and clean In the pine soul scented air Somewhere that's
his father. He knows death. The kids play howdy doody as the sun sets in the west. Oh, picture out of better homes and gardens. So.